Hey folks, my name is Toad, and welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Today, I sat down with Stephen Carey. We talked Turd Ferguson, Burt Reynolds. Dude, did you know that Mario from Mario Brothers has two first names? We talked Yellow Card, Puddle of Mud, Limp Biscuit, Zoom Rights, and so much more with Stephen Carey. Let's get to know him. How it all happened so fast and you're gone Feel so right, I feel so wrong But rather have a girl that wrecks me Rather than feel nothing Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tune Sitting here today with Mr. Stephen Carey Yes, what is up? Your second time playing Stoney's Rockin' Country Right here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada Love it Welcome back, dude Thanks, man Honestly, thanks for having me I'm gonna say that weather-wise We picked a pretty good weekend Because last weekend was like 110, 115 The weekend before that was like 120 Yeah I was here for that Two weeks ago, I was out here The rental car said it was like 117 out I was like, man, I feel like my shoes are gonna melt to the concrete When I step out of this damn thing It is no fun It's exhausting it was, I think, it probably the best way to uh, to um, put an analogy to the heat here. Oh, because my God, the heat. You know what's so funny? Every time I brought it up, like, you know, I'm from Florida. I live in Nashville. Every time you say, oh, I'm going out to Vegas. Yeah, it's supposed to be super hot. Oh, it's the summer. It's super hot. Everybody goes, oh, well, it's a dry heat. Well, it's a dry heat. Yeah. If I had a dollar, I'd yes. have, like, seven bucks. But Well, here, here's what's funny. I'll go back a few years, and we went to Nashville to go do some photo stuff as we started working more with bands and all that kind of stuff. We went back and... It was July, and it was 90 degrees outside. It was like 80% humidity. I understand the difference. Right. I do. Absolutely. They're both hot. The end of the day is that they're both miserable. <laughs> yeah. That dry heat, I played golf in the middle of the summer. It was the last time I'll ever do that. I got to like 13, and I was like, I'm done. Dude, yeah. No energy. Uh, myself, I was like 130 degrees. Outside was like 140. It's yeah. like no fun. It's no fun. You get the swamp outside. You get the swamp in your pants. It's Dude, no, no good. Swamp ass. Swamp uh, in your AKA pants. <laughs> ah, I see what Let's you did go. there. I Come see what on. you did there. That uh, that name. I got too many nicknames. AKA pants was was my son's um nickname when he was three. I would have to buy him six toddler shorts because his waist was so big oh wow but then when you buy a six toddler the they're long right so his shorts look like pants <laughs> so i used to call them pants that's great that's the name i was like from. i wondered honestly i was like where did you get this handle it's well, so it's so funny odd, that yeah. i've been i've been debating on whether or not i'm going to change it so i just finally got a tiktok and uh is it, to, is it toad or is it aka pants it's toad it's t-o-a-d-t-o-k okay so i've had a few people actually write me and ask me for the name that's and awesome. I, I'm like, but I haven't really posted too much on there. I posted two things on there. I just posted one a couple weeks ago. Dude, I gotta go random. find you. That's awesome. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. I gotta use it more. I kind of want to use it towards to give people an idea of what that what the back end of music is all about. Oh yeah. Um. Cause, well, you've got a perfect insight to that. Everything you guys yeah. do here and in Boise, dude. Yeah. Just the way that you get to see it. So people, I always joke that because the people that are downstairs just assume that you fly in and you play the show, do some hookers and blow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that again. <laughs> and you get back on the plane and you go to the next spot. That's right. what they think. They don't. Right. There's no idea the of the load in of the rehearsals of the you know before the band goes on. What's your ritual? What do you guys talk about? You know, do you guys sit in the green room? Do you just drink the whole time? Do you guys talk? Do you like nobody has an insight. Does your guitar player cancel a week before the show and you have to buy a plane ticket for someone else? Like, yeah, a lot of stuff goes into it they don't know about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's. <laughs> I always go back to I picked up Maggie Rose at the airport one day and uh, I took her to a radio station. Well, on the way to the radio station, she changed her clothes in my front seat. Nice. Her husband, as her manager, was in the back seat, and we were listening to Machine Gun Kelly on the way there. Sick. And she's like spitting like everything. <laughs> and I'm just That's like going, fun. God, if I just had like these. 
these like GoPros in here, people would be like, this is oh, real this life. Oh, this is what it is? Yeah, no kidding. That's and, awesome. I think, and that's what totally started my brain kind of thing. And that was years ago. And you can see how fast I am with stuff. I, right. guess I get shit done. Yeah. Oh, takes yeah. takes a couple years. <laughs> so your first show back. Yes. Your last show was here at Stoney's. Right. Um, Pretty amazing how that ended up working out, man. Full circle moments are just, I don't know. I don't know if it's a coincidence. I don't know how that kind of stuff ends up working. But, man. Couldn't be more excited for this to be the first full band show back, you know, having the last show been three days after a tornado ripped through Nashville and only a few days before the whole country and world shut down, right. you know, and for this to be our first full thing back is like just serendipitous. Dude, literally <laughs> end it. I mean, begin where you end, that sort of thing. Yeah, feels nice. 2020, you um, you grew a mustache? I grew a mustache, man. Did you name your mustache? No, I didn't name the mustache. I'm just going to tell you right now. You told me the story about your wife just digging it, but if you were to name it, you cannot name it Pierre because it's way too big. A Pierre. <laughs> no, it, it can't be. You mu- no. no. Honestly, this is, I, I, would, I would name it after, you know, my inspiration for it. I'd, I'd name it The Burt. The Burt. Yeah, that's, that's what I think it is. I would, I would name it Burt or The Burt, however well, you want to refer to it. The Burt. Dude, Burt Reynolds, man. Oh, oh, Turd Ferguson. Dude, yes. <laughs> For real, though. R.I.P. Norm. We're going to have a little shout-out during the set for you. Yeah, dude, that's sad, sad. Um, I think more like a Luigi. We should name it Luigi or something like that. Oh, my God. All right, I have to touch on that for just a second because I get the Mario thing sometimes because yeah. I'm a I'm a man with a mustache. So, right. Oh, Mario, dear. But I started <laughs> thinking about it. I was like, damn, so there's Luigi and there's Mario, but they're called the Mario Bros. Right. So I'm like, I literally Googled it the second I thought of it. I was like, is Mario their last name too? Like, is it Mario Mario and Luigi Mario? And it is. No, it's not. There's a literal description of it, like from Nintendo that says- His name is Mario Mario. Yes. Holy sh- You're today years old when you found that out. Wow. (laughs) It blew my mind too. That is freaking crazy. Yeah. I'll say- We'll go back. Other than getting COVID, you're obviously fine. Yep. Yep. Bad, Survived. Bad flu. I like it. Um, yeah. What do you take from 2020? What's something that, that you appreciate more today that, let's say, in 2019 you didn't, but today in 2021 you do? Oh, my gosh, dude. I don't know. I feel like it's honestly a, one of the strangest things, but I feel like there's like just a level of comfortability and freedom just to move about the cabin that, that got taken away from us in a, in in a whole lot of different ways you know what i mean and it's like i guess at, at the core of all of it it was like what do we do holy crap you know what i mean like what what could possibly be best to just make everyone do or how how are we going to get through this how's this going to work and you know i don't love digging into this kind of stuff because it is what it is we all been through it we're still living through it now we're still navigating all this stuff there's a mass mandate here in in las vegas there's not in nashville you know what i mean like the stuff is just all over the board at this point but i would say that i think one of the best things that that came out of 2020 um for a lot of people that have like regular jobs you're working in an office etc the the remote work the, the ways that people have been able to connect digitally. You know, my wife works for Notes for Notes. They're a killer organization. They had to develop an entire digital wing of their business that didn't involve youth going into studios, which was their whole model. So, right. I mean, like the way that businesses and organizations like that had to pivot and just figure out how to survive actually created like a way more sustainable model for all kinds of things, which I love. It's neat how people pivoted. It kind of is. You got to survive, man. It's like a little bit of, you know, not survival of the fittest, but you just had to adapt and innovate. 
And just I think, think if, it created a lot of that. If we were smarter than we were, we probably would have invested in like Zoom or something like that. Probably been retired right now. Oh, dude, we'd be so rich, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I did some Zoom interviews, and it was kind of sketch because, you know, it's 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 interesting. But then I look at the other side, and as a writer, and it's got to be difficult like i just i don't know if you did any zoom rights through the whole thing or if you ever dude i i did and some of them were trash and some of them got great songs right you know one of my favorite songs i've ever written um was over zoom with uh joe fox and abby gutierrez and um i mean we just banged it out in about two and a half hours i just never expected that kind of chemistry to happen but when you have a great idea and everybody's flowing on it in sure. the same level of energy and like it just came together and doesn't matter where you are yeah exactly you could be in the room or not and a lot of people you know you get the complaints like oh the energy's not the same and i get it of course it's not the same but right. you can either adapt and like still try to write great music or not i don't know yeah everyone has to have their own weed at, at the zoom thing you can't just puff puff give right right there's no <laughs> puff puff pass it's like puff puff uh <laughs> i'm done in this whole joint <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 I'm actually la I haven't laughed like that in a while, man. That's pretty funny. I never even thought that that would be a thing. So Nashville, like, what have you seen change there in well, the last year? Do you think that there that there's a, that a lot more people moved to Nashville? Do you think that there's a different music scene there now? Or I do think that um, the the population is obviously just always growing and changing because people are moving in, they're moving out. Um, we have noticed it's like this everywhere, but. I own a house, so I can't help it. I'm always like up in the real estate stuff, trying to figure out what's going on with our neighborhood and the right. price per square foot here and there and da, da da da. But man, I mean, some of the battles that I hear about people getting into to try to get homes there because people are selling homes that are worth so much more, you know, potentially on the West Coast or wherever, and they're just able to offer, you know, hundreds of thousands over asking. And it's just not something Cash. somebody like me can do. Cash. Yeah. Yes. I couldn't afford to buy my own house now. Right. And I live there. Yeah. <laughs> It is pretty nuts, man. I watch the real estate market here a lot, and uh, I watch what Californians. I have a lot of friends that live in Cali, and yeah, like even you go there and like a twenty-two hundred square foot house in California is like nine, not nine hundred thousand in a shitty part of town, right? But then they come to Vegas, and we saw Vegas kind of flip like that too. This right. this market went nuts here, and we bought. 18, 19, 20, 20. We bought in 19, so three years. 18. We bought in uh, September of 18. I sold my last house. We bought a half acre and put a house up right now. And my, uh, my actual neighbor right now wants to, he's an investor. He wants to buy it and give us like 200000 more than it's worth. Wow. And you're kind of like. Just because he knows what it's going to be worth. Yeah. Well, I think that and it's 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 a piece of land. Uh, there's no HOA. Ooh, I mean, yeah. it's like a, it's a, it's a diamond in the rough. And then I'm like sitting back going, well, I don't need this much land. <laughs> yeah well what can we do yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just crazy to watch how how other markets are doing the same thing we see we saw uh, up in emmett where stoney's roadhouse is yeah we were looking at a piece of property up there and for 300 grand you could get five acres and a house oh my god yeah. and it was a brand new house right and it was like um now that same thing you can't even buy the land for three hundred thousand. wow without the house and you're just like holy cow like it what? just jumps yeah, yeah i'm everywhere. afraid that, like people always say it's not going to do what it did in 08 but i sit back and go um, Something's got to give, yeah. At some point, I look at like the home values; like they can't, they can't sustain. Yeah, interest rates go down. We ended up refinancing and saving some money, which so is kind of cool. Yeah, man, we got to take advantage of it because the value went up so quick. Right. Like, well, all right. Yeah, we took nothing out, just refinanced because we had a, the rates were a lot higher when we bought. Like yeah. literally twice as much. Wow. 
So it, it was a it was a blessing for us. But enough about real world stuff. Yes, dude. The rest of the year, you're gonna be playing some more shows. Yeah, man, I'm pumped, dude. I um, I, f- I have not played in my hometown. This is. I'm going to get bitched out for this. I haven't played in my hometown in five years. Oh, wow. I've just been so focused on building everything that I want to be able to do in relationships and da, 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 and Nashville. Sure. It's just like... You mean life got in the way? It did, man. It did. And it's I still go there all the time and visit family, holidays, etc. Where is hometown? It's Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. So, you know, that's that's how I kind of got started um, in, in music. It was just a, a great music scene there. Honestly, there's multi-genre. You know, obviously in the 70s, you had the whole... Um, uh, southern rock you know explosion that happened there and um who's the biggest band to come out of there biggest band like who are people like when you say that that genre of music who do people do you do you, do you look at that well i like to i like to do it kind of threefold because to me there's like a few different levels of types of bands and as far as genre goes so you had you know leonard skinner molly hatchet uh, the Allman Brothers got their start there. Oh, wow. Uh, 38 Special. They're all Van Zants, you know what I mean? Right. They were just, like, infectious. They were just all involved in in that kind of um, era, I guess, in Jacksonville. There was something in the water for sure. And then you look at um, kind of the late 90s explosion of rock, where you had Puddle of Mud, Shinedown, some of these major rock bands, right. Limp Biscuit. I mean, good God. Freddie. sold 40 million records, you right. know what I mean? Like, you can make fun of them all you want, but I love them. Dude, I love Limp Bizkit, man. Dude, I do too, and people hate on it or whatever at the time. I feel like it's like they're cool again now. I don't know, but either way, they they were the biggest thing imaginable in Jacksonville when they were coming up, and I got to be there for that, and I'll never forget it, dude. So that, that to me, was also another wave. And then, oddly enough, it was a little smaller scale, but still, you know, millions of albums. So Yellow Card, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, some of the guys that I came up with, that I went to school with and stuff like that, they blew up too. Major label deals right. on the radio, selling. You know, Yellow Card sold three, four million. You know, uh, Dude, Red Jumpsuit sold pl- a million. Best fiddle player in the business. Dude, Sean is amazing. You know, <laughs> and he's he's providing for his family, doing all kinds of other work and stuff like that now too. But man, it's it's just wild how many times that thing has happened in Jacksonville. Right. So I felt good about everything that I had been doing there, but I was like, man, I think I need to be the singer, and I just never was i was the guy that loved being in a band with my friends and playing you know whatever needed to be played guitar bass drum it didn't matter i just loved being in a band and playing music right and when i started writing songs that i knew nobody else was going to sing that's when i found my voice it was like country music gave me a way to say what i wanted to say as an artist instead of just a guy in the band right that just came up with a cool lick cool yeah great um (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna go back like not even this past week I had a memory came up on Facebook, and it was um, Limp Biscuits always been on my bucket list. I've seen, you've never seen them. I had never seen them up until uh, it was probably ten years ago. Okay, it came up on my on my thing, but it was one of those bands that I always wanted to see. But every time they were supposed to play here in Vegas, whether it be a radio show or a radio show, they would cancel for some reason. Oh. And so, like the radio station that was here hated them. They were like, "We'll never touch <laughs> them again." Guys, and I guess yeah. they were supposed to play for the UFC at one point a few years back. And they canceled the show for some reason, so screw them then too. But I would watch them on YouTube overseas all the time, uh, all the time, and just be like, "Dude, dude those European festivals go dude. so hard." Yeah, I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole nother level. But like, um, 
I look at Wes Borland. He's probably one of my favorite like creative guitar players out there. He's one of the best like performers on that, stage performers dude, of our generation. You never know far. what what you never know anything about that dude. What he's going to come out looking like. But I love it. So they played at the House of Blues here. That, that cap there's a little over two two thousand. Holy crap! I took my son, and it was probably one of the craziest shows I I had ever seen. That's and epic, dude. I've been to Warp Tour twenty times. Like yes. I've seen some shit. Um <laughs> they played Warp Tour back yeah. in in ninety eight, ninety seven. I didn't see them. I, I, I've seen a lot of Warp Tours. I think my favorite one was there was four of us and we wanted to go see it. It was in Anaheim and we pulled up. I wanted to see Weezer. Someone wanted to see Green Day. Someone wanted to see well, it wasn't the used, it was someone like the used and another band. We literally pulled in the four bands, played side by side stage, played, played, boom, played, boom, played, boom. got back in the truck and drove home. <laughs> and it was off. like it was perfect. Dude, yeah. that's insane. My mom took me to Warp Tour the first year that I went, and um it was in Jacksonville. And it was when the guys, I, I guess they probably still live there, but um the drummer for Biscuit, John Otto, he, he and his family grew up in my neighborhood little man. in Arlington. And is he, um, no, is he yeah, he's little, isn't he? he I mean, he's him. short. He's yeah. like not tall. He's probably right. under six feet. But we're walking uh, uh, over to the damn porta potties, and some guy, I don't know who this is. You know, my mom's remarried at this point. I have a stepdad, whatever. And and he goes, he calls her Miss Carrie. He goes, Hey, Miss Carrie. And I was like, Damn, I've never heard anyone call my I'm mom Miss Carrie. Ass. This is whack. <laughs> who is this? Is she a teacher? She was. <laughs> she was. So I was like, Well, clearly this is one of her old students. And she was like, Hey, John. And I started doing the mental math. It's not like he was like, hey, I'm John from Limp Biscuit." He was just like talking to my mom. And I was like, holy crap. My mom's talking to the drummer for Limp Biscuit right. right now. My mom's just 100, 100% cooler. Right and now. he was like, yeah, I just came up here to see Deftones. I was like, what the F? So, Dude. yeah, that was the year before. I mean, that was before Around the Fur even came out, I think. Right. Which Dude. was nuts. So I'm a huge Deftones fan. Me too. Love them. Heather, you met her tonight. She's never been to a rock show before. Oh, wow. Ever. Yeah. So it's the a first, different vibe. The first one I take her to is the Deftones. They played downtown, and I have some friends in the business, so we pulled up at the hotel, and they're like, we don't have any parking. I gave the guy a 20. He's like, I can't park it up front. I go, I don't give a shit. I'm going to be here an hour, and I'm, I'm out. Just gonna, yeah, like, I'm just going to leave it somewhere. Yeah, come so on, man. we walk across the street. We get our passes. We go up on the second level, and she's looking down, and out comes Chino. And, he, oh, dude. The vibe. Dude, the whole room just... Dude, we're talking, there's probably 7,000 people there. Wow. And they're all just doing this. And we're up on top looking down and everybody. So this pit breaks out. And she's like, what is that? What's what? That? Yeah. She goes, what? Dude, this was three years ago. Yeah. Like, and she, and I, I go, that's their line dancing. Yeah. Right? That's, <laughs> that's their line that, dancing. That's their line dancing. I've never heard... But that, am I wrong? To, uh, no, not at all. That is 100% correct. I've never heard anyone articulate it like that, and I love it. That's it just amazing. came out, and then then they started the crowd surfing. She goes, are those people going to get in trouble? I said, well, I said, no, they're they're really nice, but if, if they end up in the front like three or four times, they'll end up, you know, they'll something throw them happen. out, something yeah. like that. So that show was over. We left. Well, then I took her to go see Blue October. Okay. And my buddy books everything over at um, the Brooklyn Bowl. So Oh, sweet. The stage, this is the stage. The crowd's out here. We're standing right here. And so... Um, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I go see him when he's by himself. I go see him when he's with the band. I've watched him forever. She's never experienced the like. Blue October's not hard or anything like that. No, just, no. But they're, they're, Justin is like he just does his 
dude, he is. He's the voice. Yeah, he's he's got, he's, he's one voice. of those guys that like I don't like when people talk a lot during their shows, but he has such a story. Yeah, that for some reason, like I'll literally yell at a band for talking too much when they get down. I'll be like, dude, shut the fuck up. Play, play a, a song, yeah, man. Just, yeah. <laughs> but him, like I went and saw him do his open book thing, where he literally him and his brother, like like they opened the book in his notes and he went through where the songs came from and and like uh, it was it, a real storyteller, like, yes, kind of thing. Nuts, but that's cool. Um, w- watching them play, she just saw how I. Uh, how I see music and hear music. I have friends come up to me and go, "You don't listen the way we do." Oh man! And I'm like, "No, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't. I don't. But th- what, enjoy what you listen to, and I'll enjoy what I listen to." I used to go see bands, local bands, where the singer sucked. Oh man! I mean, horrible. But I found so much enjoyment out of the drummer and the guitar player. Bass player could have been good, bad. Did, right. It didn't matter. But I can separate that in my head and just listen to what I need to listen to. And um, I do that with Blue October, although everyone in that band is awesome. But him, I just listened to, I think his name is Justin Federline or something, something like that. But he is just an amazing singer. That's I mean, awesome. And his storytelling and getting to take her to go see something like that, someone that enjoys lyrics but doesn't understand music, kind of. I've been doing this for so long that <laughs> I think it's fair to say that you probably go watch a band play and you, being a drummer, a bass player, a singer, and a guitar player, Dude. you see stuff different than other people sing. Well, I, I had. Honestly, it's crazy. My wife is like, she knows lyrics. You know what I mean? Like, if you put a song on, whether she can sing it note for note or not, she knows the lyrics weirdly. And I was never like that, but I knew the kick drum pattern and oh, I knew the guitar ah. riff. And it was just so strange to me because, like, I got in trouble when I was younger for having CDs that I shouldn't have had because my mom, like, saw the lyrics and was like, oh, right. my God, like, you cannot be listening to music that's talking about this kind of stuff. And, of course, it was Deftones and all this other shit. But, man, them, man. that's that's Love what Deftones. really kind of changed in my like journey musically um, becoming more of a songwriter than just a musician um, was learning how to not only focus on like the lyrics themselves and what they mean and whether or not they make sense, but the phrasing and how to actually deliver it and create an emotion and, you know, have that be something that makes someone who hears it want to go buy it or buy a ticket to come see it live. You right. know, there's just so much more tied to the lyric and the emotion that gets drawn from it that gets focused on in Nashville. That is just, I didn't know that. Um, growing up. You're, you're friends with Scott Stevens? Yes. He's well, got, I mean, we know, you know each him. other. We've played some shows together. We don't hang out enough, but I love the guy. He's, 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 I, I love that dude. He's got that song, Routine. I don't know if you've heard it before, but you listen to the lyrics, and I asked him one day, I said, dude, you're married. Like I said, how do you put yourself back into that position of routine of missing somebody and not being able to actually you know feel it where you're at and he goes that song's not about a girl he told me it was about his relationship with nashville wow and i was like holy shit balls like i'm sitting back going dude mind yeah. blown because i'm right. like whoa whatever my buddy dave i'm a tool fan i listen to tool um Pussifer's okay um but tool i love so we flew to glendale uh, in the end of 19 i think it was dude danny carey dude. we have the same last name dude. i don't know if we're related somewhere but please teach me how to play like that. Jesus, right? <laughs> so uh, we go see him in in um, Glendale, Arizona, and I'm watching my buddy Dave and his brother. They're both drummers, bass players, like super musicians, and I'm yeah. like watching him, and I-, I became a bigger fan of Tool just from hanging out with them. Oh, man, yeah. And so then they came and played here at T-Mobile, so I took uh, Damn, Heather. Damn, at the a, arena, dude. dude. Ooh. And we went and saw that, and I, I I just sit back and I'm like, dude, Danny Carey's like fucking close to sixty years old, and the dude's a beast. He's he's jacked. He wears a basketball jersey from yeah. every city he plays in. He's got his crazy drum set set up. I mean, he's like a, a you know a prog rock Neil Peart kind of kind of vibe. You, you know? know what's he's got a video on YouTube. 
um, um, a GoPro of him just on his drums. I don't know if it's the pot that he's playing. Um, it might be that. might be something else. But you watch it and just watch him move around his drum set. Oh, yeah. Because it's a monster. Yeah. Some digital, some not. And then you just I just sit back and I'm like, dude, that guy is like... He's just in his little, like, playland. You yeah. know what I mean? And I love just watching that. Watching he, somebody in their zone like that yes. is awesome. Yeah, and actually getting to see... I saw Maynard when he was singing with Pucifer and he was the back of the stage behind a TV. Whoa. But it was weird. And he's now, a weird guy. Very, but he's got an iconic voice and he just gets to do And he writes he some wants. lyrics, dude. Yeah, like yeah. I never really tore apart the lyrics, so I was with my buddy Dave and and Dave's like, dude, this is what he's talking about. And he, I'm like, holy shit. Like I should read more of this because <laughs> yeah. my God, like the dude is he's he's an artist. Yeah. He's a total artist. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, through and through. We should probably talk more about your music. Sure. <laughs> um <laughs> Goals for twenty one. Do you are you writing? Do you have a bunch of stuff in the bag that you want to get recorded? Oh my gosh, yes. So the the songs that are released now were part of a batch that kind of grew over the course of about a year and a half to two years. So um, I was you know working with a producer and um, you know a guitar player that he was working with all the time, and really like the three of us kind of created the whole thing. We we farmed drums out to. Uh, a killer drummer, Miles McPherson, that plays on a ton of stuff. And the rest of it was just done in a bedroom in East Nashville, you know? Right. Um, but when you get it mixed by the right people and it's recorded the right way with the right mics and the right inputs and all that kind of stuff, it's pretty amazing what can actually be created. Are you talking Summer Cool and Rex Me? Yeah, dude. Okay. All of that was done in a in a side bedroom in a house in East Nashville. Love it. Um, and. You know, we had it mixed right and mastered up in New York or whatever, and then they send it back, and it just sounds huge, so we love it, so we put it out. And we didn't know anything. We didn't put anything behind it. Like, there was no plan. We had no videos or content or anything. We literally just put the song on Spotify, and it got on New Music Friday, and then it reached whatever, like, the top 20 on the viral 50 chart. I, I was Which one, Rex Me? Yeah, no, oh, Summer Cool, when it first Summer came cool. out. Okay, gotcha. Which was just nuts. That was the first song I'd released since I'd moved to Nashville and started doing anything there. Right. Um, so really, really cool to see how something like that can just blow up. But to me, I was like, wow, this really proves that like the song is what actually matters. Yes, I want people to know that it's me and like find me and identify that and all of that stuff. But that takes time. And I actually heard a, an interview with Craig Morgan about that. He had shirts printed like five singles into his career that said the guy that sings redneck yacht club and blah 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 so like he was still paranoid that that far into his career that people didn't know who he was that he sang those songs it's like he knows that people know the songs but he doesn't know if they know that it's him right and i feel the same way but i it'll come i know that it'll come we just have to keep putting out great music i have to keep putting out great music and make people realize that yes this is the same guy but dude rex me when I heard that demo, so Ryan Hurd sang the demo, um, and Zach Crowell and Neil Mason wrote it with him. It sounds nuts. <laughs> yeah, there they are. There's a Cadillac <laughs> 3 snare drum head right here. Love you, Neil. Um, they wrote the song. The demo sounded crazy. It was honestly kind of like industrial electronic, but then with Ryan's voice. Right. It was also a full step higher, so it sounded a lot more aggressive. So... My producer gets a hold of it, Matt Sherman. He goes, okay, we're going to drop this down a little bit. We're going to make it a band, like a rock song, like a rock country song. And then we put my buddy Andy that played for Party for years, that does a bunch of session work on pedal steel. Like The way that that song became what it is now from what it was when I first heard it is like night and day. Right. But, man, I, I couldn't be more proud or stoked to have been able to record and release that song and especially to play it live tonight. Your 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 producer heard it first? And yeah. Was, and was like... This, like this is you need to do that. He was like, "This is something that I think we could make 
into something really cool so for you. That's going to be Ryan unique. was one of the writers on it, or yeah. he was just the, okay. So he just knew that it wasn't in his in his bag. Of I time. have no idea. I mean, dude, they wrote that before he was really even. I would imagine like looking for songs for his project. Right. You know That's what crazy. I mean? Like he may have had just put out that four song thing he did initially. Right. Um, but I do. He, I do love his new single, June, July, and August. Yeah, have man. you heard? Uh, dude, I. I mean. I like him. I don't love everything he's put out. Me neither. I love City Girl. That's yeah. what that's what kind of roped me in. And when I heard Rex Me, that's what I heard. Right. I was like, this is that City Girl vibe. This is dope. You know what I mean? That's funny. Yeah. And then Summer Cool, is that one of your tunes? Summer Cool was the first song that led to me working with Neil or doing really anything that I've done so far. So a uh, close friend of mine that I was in a pop punk band uh, called Hello Danger with. So Ian Christian, Matt Sherman, and Neil Mason wrote Summer Cool over the course of, I think, two sessions. They told me they were writing something and it wasn't really working, and then they moved on to something else, and Ian had that riff. So, like, one of my best friends in the whole world that lives down the street from me now in Nashville, amazingly enough, um, had a sick riff that led to, like, a song that kind of, like, blew up, as far as I'm concerned, you know what I mean, on an independent level, absolutely blew up, and created a lot more opportunities for me. That kind of started a lot of stuff for me. So what are your goals for 21? 21 I I have a vision and I am not it's coming gonna, quick I'm it's not almost gonna, I know it's already we're already there you, hey, got, Merry you Christmas. got you got three and a half months yeah Merry Christmas <laughs> um so for these dates that I'm uh, booking in November right now I'm making it back down to Jacksonville I'm finally gonna play back there again um that should be ridiculous that's gonna be a lot of fun especially because it's at a small club that the singer from one of my old bands like runs now so beautiful really Homecoming. just like best case scenario yeah exactly can't wait for that um, so I'm working with, um, uh, a couple of other guys that are going to help me kind of bring this vision to life. And it's actually, one of them is Chad, the tour manager for Cadillac three. So like everything's kind of in the family, <laughs> which is great, you know? Right. Um, We've got stories about that whole camp. Yeah. <laughs> Chris does. I don't drink, but Chris gets drunk with those guys and gets kicked off. Exactly. Buses. That's yeah, I know. I knew that about you, but you know, you're lucky that that's like a line that you draw because I think stuff just gets so crazy out of hand because it's like you're working. I'm out here working, but it's also feels like vacation a little bit every time you're on the road. You know yeah, what I mean? So absolutely. Finding that balance is always tough, but yeah, the, um, the stuff that I want to do, uh, by the end of this year and for next year, all definitely includes releasing new music. Um, taking a, a little bit different approach to how we're going to be able to perform on a more sustainable level. Um, so I'm really excited about it. And I have a lot of people that I'm working with now that understand, love, and want to help me bring that vision to life, which is like the greatest thing you could have. You have Absolutely. to have help, man. Doing everything yourself is one of the hardest things to do. And I think like, you know, the old saying, like, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. I think if you want something done right, hire somebody that knows what the hell they're doing. Dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to interject with something here that... <laughs> or, or collaborate with somebody that knows what abs- the hell they're doing. You know? I Jeez. agree a thousand percent. I, I've, I've done 160, 170 of these. I've had one artist come in here and tell me that he will never write with anybody else because they just don't write the way he does. Not, oh, not on his level. That's a bummer, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I just, I don't, I don't the get The reason that. that's a bummer to me, I feel sad for someone that in that position because... I feel like that only means that they haven't somehow been in a room and had the kind of chemistry that you can have. Sure. And that to me is like, that's heartbreaking. Dude, some of the moments that I've had in writing rooms where it's just like like the lightning strikes and you go, oh, damn. And I mean, it's once in a hundred. You know what I mean? Like sure. You write a bunch of great songs and yeah, they're great. They, they're good, you know? But there's those ones that just cut you deep. And 
when you're able to absorb that in the moment, when the line comes out of somebody's mouth or you tweak it and then it lands on the court in the right way and there's a track going or whatever, it's just like you, you get goosebumps Holy because shit. I'm getting them right. now. You know right. what I mean? Like you can just feel that magic right when it happens. I, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I didn't agree with it. I just, I don't understand that either because right. the end of right. the day is, uh, I have a buddy, his name is Jim. He, he, he told me um, not too long ago that, that all, all, all ships rise. When, when they're all together, they all, the boat all rises the, the same. So if everyone's on the same team working at the same goal, right. it's, a, it's a win. The end of the day is, it's a fucking win. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I, so, <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know if it, it's ego. I don't know if it's, uh, but at the end of the day, I agree a thousand percent with you that if you can go into a room with an idea, that's how, that's how every business is born. It's not one guy doing everything or one girl, for that matter, doing right. everything. So I'm lucky, man. I, you know, I'm lucky to have um, folks that believe in me and, and, understand what it is that I want to do and want to help me get there and do right. that. Um, it's really exciting. Have you ever played a show with the Cadillac 3? I have. <sighs> no one was available, and I had to play alone. So I played solo acoustic opening for them, um, but it was a lot of fun. You know, they they do that. You know what I mean? They've had tons of guys come out and just open for them acoustic. I didn't want to have to. I wanted right. to go out and just, like, rock like they do. You know what I mean? Those dudes are intense. They're intense, and there's three of them, and it's just loud as hell and super fun. I was such a fan of their band, you know, before I ever even moved to town, and it was just, like, crazy that I got to work with Neil so much, and, um, you know, I'm stoked for all the insane stuff that they've been able to do through the pandemic. Busy dudes, man. You know, now the 10-year anniversary, you know, he's managing Ray and all these other artists and all this fun stuff. I mean, like, the guy is crazy busy, and so is Jaron, you know? Yeah. Neil, um, I had Austin Jinx here and uh, Ray Fulcher on an ACM gig, and he was advancing both of their shows, and he goes, I'll call you back in, like, 75 minutes. I go, well, you got, I'm just screwing with him. Like, we got a show. He goes, actually, yeah, I'm stepping foot on the stage. I'll call you back. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, this dude's crazy. Like, yeah. I mean, I've seen, I, I mean, I work hard. But I look at something it's like, like a that. different level, yeah, dude. It's like, think about it. He writes, he manages, he plays, he does mm -hmm. all these things, and he and just had a kid. He got married. I mean, yeah. dude, it's like ridiculous. Yeah, we were supposed to have them up in Idaho, and um, um, I think someone came down with COVID in their in their camp, and they had to ca cancel the show. And they did, yeah, a few shows. Yeah, yeah. I heard about that. I mean, it's it happens to, to everybody. Yeah. And it's what's crazy is that, like, you could test positive but not have any i don't know no man. symptoms yeah, yeah. I, don't I mean i've had that. the fluke a, a, a couple times in my life too yeah i don't even want to get into that shit. yeah no just it's awful super frustrating do you have um like uh, a, a band that you would love to go out on the road and kind of like nurture you into the artist that 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 could help you be bigger better that you could like kind of like get mentored by man that's actually a really good Listen, listen. Kind of thing to think don't about. go all slash on me because I was watching an interview earlier with Miles Kennedy and Slash. And oh boy. Someone asked him a question. He goes, You know, that's a really great question. And Chris downstairs goes, He's been taught well. That gives him time to think about an answer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. It just buys you a little bit of time. Well, I haven't necessarily thought about that. I mean, honestly, a dream like opening slot, like if you were like, Hey, here's a huge opportunity to go be direct support for somebody, dude, Old Dominion's like my favorite band. I don't know if you separate them like you do for like award, uh, um, you know, ceremonies and stuff like that, where there's like group awards and then there's artist awards and stuff. But dude, hands down, I mean, Old Dominion is like 
I think, the best band in Nashville. They were they were one of the headliners up at Country Fan Fest just a, cu- a couple months ago, and they did the neatest thing. So the three of them came up. So during their set, they all played, and then they have this catwalk that comes out like this and then comes out like a T off the main stage. Yeah. And they put up three barstools, and the three of them sat up there, and they talked about all the songs they wrote, and they fucking played them. Dude, yeah. And you're like, dude, these guys are monsters. That's how it started as far as I know. I don't know them or anything. That's I, their story. Know, but they like started writing together yeah. and just... At like a very late age, you know, just yeah. to started a band from scratch. It's amazing what's gone on with them. They, they just, it's it's weird that you know. I mean, I look at stuff. Um, I see a band in here every Friday. Some up here, some down here, some in the middle, some wherever. And I was just back in Nashville a couple weeks ago for the party for a cause, yeah. and we were standing outside. And um, um, I don't know the dude's name from Old Dominion, but he rolled up in his jeep coming in the back because he's obviously at home to play their show and he just rolls up in this old like cj5 and then just you know i'm like that's that's cool yeah hey <laughs> sweet he's yeah. home he's that's home. awesome yeah they're su- super neat dudes I that like would be too. a dream man if i could you know get a slot open in for them obviously that would be amazing but um i mean shoot dude we uh we just went to whiskey jam uh okay. in nashville they had a universal music group takeover and um travis denning played and I mean, he's a guy that I would love to go open for, man. Right. I mean, he's left-handed and shreds, you know. So it's kind of fun to watch, you know. The, the guitar necks are going the opposite way. I don't know. Aesthetically, it's nice. <laughs> he's been here twice. But he's a he's a great player and yeah. um, the kind of guy that I think I would love to tour with. I think he probably grew up on some of the some you know the dent, same stuff, the, the like pop punk and post hardcore stuff and whatnot. I know his tour manager did for sure. So they'd be a great time to go out on the road with for sure. Yeah, he he's a, he's a nice guy, man. He's been here a couple times and just is just a down home good dude. Yeah, super good dude. I could see you going <laughs> on the road with like a Granger Smith as well. Oh man, yeah. That that dude is his drummer. Shreds. Oh my gosh, dude, that's yeah. awesome. I sent some video. I have to show you after but um my buddy nick that lives in denver plays drums and I, I like took some video and sent it to him I'm like dude this guy's in the wrong band like <laughs> <laughs> when the drummer shows up to the wrong gig yeah, yeah oh, i've man. seen that video God, so <laughs> it good. wasn't like that but um dude yeah. granger man he um uh my buddy ian that i told you about earlier he had a cut on granger's last uh, release um that he wrote with uh this other guy brett shiroki that um is just one of the best songs either one of them have written and then right. granger recorded it and put it out it was just a really cool thing to see that song come to life like that, you know, through a big artist. It was like his first big cut, you know, which is nuts. Hell, I just got my first like release by another artist. Um, which is a week ago. Um, Jordan Fletcher is from yep. my hometown. He's from Jacksonville. And um, me, Ian and Jordan wrote this song, Rather Be Broke. Um, you know, Jordan, he was in a mood, dude. He goes, I write songs every day that don't mean shit. And they're OK, but. I want to say something that I would want to say to my wife. Like, can we write something like that for me, like that today? And we were like, yeah, let's do it, you know? So that was literally like the conversation we had before the write started. And that's the song we ended up with. And then he got signed to uh, the label. And now that's his first song that he puts out. I was like, I didn't see that coming, you know, in the moment when we were writing that song. But dude, we cut like a really simple just like to the track that Ian had going and, and cut Jordan's vocal on it. He immediately like sends it to his team. 
They send it to the guys at the highway. They're like, this is great. Let us know when you have it cut. We'll put it out. And then all of that happened within months. Right. Which is nuts, because now it's a highway find and all this shit's happening. It's cool. Jordan Fletcher? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool, man. It's a great song. If you haven't heard it, if you haven't heard of him, if you're listening to this, go listen to that song. <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's Rather right Be now. Broke. I love it, though, man. I, um... I'm really stoked to to see somebody put something out or like want to put something out that I wrote with them. Like that's never happened. Is that your first release that's been out? It is. Like yeah. that I didn't record myself. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which that's is crazy. Really cool. Yeah. That's got to be a good feeling, man. It is. Yeah. Feels you, like a bonus win. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> what do you think are like like um, marks for you to get to? Um, like in the next five years, what are a couple things that you, that are on your bucket list that you want to get done? I was just talking about this with my wife, actually. It's like, well, we moved to Nashville. We bought a house. We're not going anywhere. We, we're, we've planted pretty deep roots. Right. She got her master's degree. We got married there. Like all of these major life milestones have happened there for us. So we're not going anywhere. And I've never felt like more at home other than my home there, you know. So, right. man, it's it's got to be something along the lines of me you know, going from being completely independent right now to having a record deal and having some kind of success that leads to uh, a publishing deal that makes sense. Um, and, you know, obviously chart success as far as terrestrial radio goes is still so important for uh, for country as a genre in general. Right. You know, we've seen um, some of the stuff where, like, an artist can blow up on streaming platforms but then not translate to terrestrial radio, and you don't know what it is. You don't know if it's, it's the weird. radio team or the whatever, the timing, God knows. But it it doesn't necessarily just mean it's going to work everywhere if it works in one place or another. So right. I would like to see some terrestrial radio success, but, I mean, gosh, that is just, like, so crazy to even wish for or think about because the stars have to align in the most specific way for something like that to work and a lot of people have to agree to spend a lot of money on you to do that right and uh which is I, sad i think you know hey um i'm definitely like worth investing in right because i got five on it listen to this <laughs> i'll put five on it but man i'm i'm never been more stoked about the songs that i'm writing right now i have um, gosh, five songs right now that I'm planning to release in some different ways. Are they recorded are, already? They're already done. They've mastered. The can, they're literally done. ready to go. So putting a release strategy together for those, figuring out when I'm going to cut the new ones and how we're going to release those as well, and starting to play some more showcases and just trying to get, um, you know, build my team with the right folks. What about places that you want to play? Places that I want to play? Gosh, I I mean... Like they're stepping stones for a successful artist. Right. So, okay, so this kind of ties back to something I was talking about earlier. So my vision for my live show and how to have a little bit more sustainable live model would be stripping the band back a little bit, but figuring out a way to still create a visual show. Because, dude, I play everything, you know what I mean? So there's got to be some fun ways that we can kind of mix up the show because there's already so many tracks going on and there's artists like Ernest and Nico Moon going out with very, very minimal band members. You know, my buddy Chris Bandy I told you about right. is, you know, everybody talks about some of these artists go out without a bass player and is that okay? I don't know. And I don't Levi think, Humming just did that. He I don't came think here, anybody cares anymore, dude. Levi came here with a drummer and a guitar player and himself. And yeah. bass was all tracks. Right. So if that's, if that's okay, then, then I want to explore that option. Sorry, Lane. Yeah, sorry, dude. <laughs> I know, I know. I love Lane to death, but that is something that I want to explore in the future and, you know, just figure out how to still put on what feels like a full band show with maybe less than a technical full band. Sure. Um, but all that to say, 
dude, I want to pack out 300 cap clubs. I want to be able to take that first step into like the smallest clubs that you're even allowed to play these kinds of shows in, but bring a level of production that sets you apart. They don't forget if, you. If there's even only 100 people in that 300 cap club, they go, holy shit, that guy right. just brought it. You know what I mean? And I feel like those are the kinds of things, you know, with marketing and stuff like that, that's what creates conversions. That's what makes somebody go, I'm going to look this dude up right, right now. And that's what creates a fan. Yeah. You know, I think the word fan gets thrown around a lot. It means fanatic. I don't think everybody that says they're a fan of something is actually a fanatic. They like but it. that's what we have to call it. You sure. have to call it something. So we created the super I'm, fan. I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's if I can create super fans um, by just blowing small clubs out of the water, um, you know, performance-wise and production-wise, like, that's what I really want to go do. I like it. Yeah, and build, build it from there. Inspiration to play the Opry? Oh, my gosh. If if they asked me right now, the the answer would be yes, a hundred times yes. Oh my god, dude, that is like a well. Why major, would it ever be no? Uh, it wouldn't. I don't yeah. know. But there's some people who have not gone to do it and right. haven't shown an interest in wanting to go do it, which is weird. Dylan Carmichael sat here and he used to work for the Opry. Yeah, yeah, he wild. Was, he was imagine being there for to experience it. You know, from that position. Right. And you're just seeing all this stuff happen that you want to actually do and all of that. I mean, and wow. then he got to play. He was yeah. the first ever. I think what like it, employee it, employee to ever play the transition opera. as an artist. Wow, yeah. that's badass. Dude. Pretty neat. The Sam, other one, Cam, um, worked at the Country Music Hall of Fame. Oh wow! And Did then, really? You know, became like a you know very successful artist now, which is awesome. Dylan also told me he was a security guard on Broadway. <laughs> oh my god, dude! So was Tyler Farr. He worked at Damn yes. Tootsie's. I yes. mean, that is wild to me, dude. That is, it's nuts. I got a phone call on Monday. We were talking about Sam Grow earlier. He just yeah. got his call. Um, Monday or Tuesday um, to play the Opry for the first time. Wow. So he FaceTimed me, and, and I, I pick up the phone. He goes, I need you to do me a favor. I go, what's that? He goes, uh, November 27th, clear the day. I go, in Vegas? or And he goes, everywhere. <laughs> and I go, what's up? He goes, I'm playing the Opry. I go, shut up. Oh, my God. He goes, yeah. I can't announce it till Friday. And I'm the guy that uh, I always let stuff out of you the You get bag. the heads up, though. Well, yeah. But no, like if he sent, he sent me a song. Um, and they had this big release on CMT, and I fucking played it on Country AF Radio, and a bunch of our listeners screenshot. Like, no, they screenshotted it. Oh, they screen recorded it, and they had it. And they tagged. Oh, no, no, they tagged him and posted it on social. And his manager called. He's like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "I." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Oh shit!" Like oh, I felt really man. bad. So I wrote his manager this morning because they announced it this morning at ten. I said, "They're gonna See? call you Leaky Toad." Yes. Oh, <laughs> I got diapers for that. Yeah. Um, I was like, uh, "I did good, man. I kept a secret." I was proud of myself. I didn't say anything. But, nice. dude, that's huge. So I was just curious about, like, if, if that's, like, how people per per perceive that, you know. Dude, that's that would be a legendary, like, insane moment. Absolutely would love to play the Opry. Um, I, I want to get to the point where, like, the local radio station from my hometown invites me, you know what to I mean? To play a show. Where they're like, dude, we really want to come have you do this event for us, you know what I mean, blah, blah, blah. When like you play as, there. As I have a single climbing the charts or something, like right. that to me will be like, all right, I think I'm kind of making it right now. You know what I mean? If, I love if something it. like that goes down, then that's going to be a really nice step in the right direction, yeah. We should, we should, we should. Um, I think I, I got to go play, huh? Tell people how to find you online. All right, so please look me up. It's at Stephen Carey Country. It's Stephen with a P-H, Carey like Mariah. And, no, uh, Carrie like Danny. Carrie like Danny, bro. Oh my gosh, I wish more people knew who Danny Carrie was. But 
um, I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, and um, you can find me on Facebook if you like. I tweet random things as well, but would really love to connect with you guys if you're listening on uh, Instagram and TikTok. Um, I run all of my socials, of course, so anytime anybody likes or comments or anything, if I respond, it's me. And uh, Lord knows what I'm doing at the moment that I respond. So <laughs> they're taking chances. That's that's what that's, what that's called. Like yeah. when you respond, it's it's a timing thing. Then no kidding. Yeah, exactly. Because most guys are on the phone when they're in the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but <laughs> thanks for the time. Absolutely, man. Thank you.